Welcome to the TTPOA podcast, a podcast for SWAT officers, military, and all first responders. We'll be talking training, tactics, and leadership with the best subject matter experts around. Here are your hosts, Derek and Brandon. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the TTPOA podcast, man. This is episode 11. Sure. Uh, I'm Derek, and as always, I'm here with Brandon. Hey, Derek. And I'm super excited about today's episode because we are talking leadership. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, some team leaders from around the area here, and we're going to dive into that conversation here in a minute. But how have you been? I've been really good, man. Been busy? You know, keeping it busy as best I can. Where are we at right now? And we're at our new compound for TTPOA's uh, podcast. Which it is, is definitely a compound. I feel like I'm like in a bunker. You're in a bunker because like we're in like a concrete basement somewhere in the middle yeah. of downtown Dallas. I like it. I like it. So, so hey, I want to give a shout out to Triton Response Group and um, Clint Bruce for letting us use uh, yes. his podcast studio. For sure. Uh, and he's kind of loaned it to us and he's going to let us kind of use it whenever we need it. Yep. And unfortunately, when he gave us the studio, he had to give us... <laughs> Yeah, somebody to let us in. Yeah, we got a we got a sidekick right now. We have a sidekick. He's going to be our new producer. Yeah, that's what Mr. Mr. Ross Blankenship. Thank you for coming in on your day off to uh, open up the doors for us and let us in. And uh, he actually brought us some cold beverages. He's probably regretting this decision too. Yeah, 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 he's like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Like, like the other two guys are staring at us right now. Like, (laughs) why the hell am I fucking here doing this? (laughs) Exactly. At least they match. So they're the same color. They did match. You guys, uh, did you guys plan that? I called Jared ahead of time and said, bro, we're just going to have to match because, mm. you know, we're, our attitudes and personalities are about equal. So. <laughs> well, you guys, yeah, right. Yeah. You guys did a really good job of matching, but your shirt's black and his is blue. I'm colorblind, so don't let anybody know that, but I'm colorblind. So mm. I told him blue. What color is that flag behind you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe it really is color. Maybe black. red. Maybe red. I don't know. All right. So today's episode is all about uh, leadership uh, and law enforcement and the SWAT world. And everybody sitting down today talking is some type of leadership on a certain level. Exactly. Brandon and I are both officers and uh, we're leaders on our team. Uh, then we, now we have a lieutenant and a sergeant mm. um, level as well. So much what we say around these gold badges they are gold badges but you know i i know both of them and i think they're probably going to be on our side yeah i think so So. it is weird though when you're like we don't work in the same department so we all look at each other just the same guys but it actually you went to his department oh that's lieutenant you know and this is sergeant i'm like yeah but the funny thing is yeah it's all different departments but it's the same shit just a different patch yeah that's it. It is. And they make more money than us, too. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that it, one. It's all relative. It is all relative. Yeah. Cost of living where you're at is ridiculous yeah. up there, all the rich folk. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's actually Hot really, pot. really cheap. Hi, <laughs> I'm Kettle. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Right, well, let's so what do you say where you live, dude. Let's, let's, let's jump in. Let's go ahead and deflect. Jumped I in. learned that. Deflect. Let's go ahead and start the uh, the uh, introductions here. I'm going to let the the uh, friendly lieutenant go first. Mm-hmm. Dirty Carl. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, Carl. Um, started law enforcement in the early 90s up in Oklahoma. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That'll mm-hmm. be all the old age, old man jokes yeah. that you can say. No. Uh, uh, early, early 90s, smaller agency. Didn't have a SWAT team there. Uh, did a lot of drug raids and high-risk stuff back in the day, probably in a really – 
unsafe manner compared to now. Yeah. Did you do it with blue jeans on? Stage. Uh, there were times blue yeah. jeans and white shoes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stagecoach. Stage there was a stagecoach involved once. Okay. Um, so anyway. Um, shirts that no <laughs> sleeves on? No. Have you seen the size of my arms? <laughs> <laughs> no sleeves would not be good. I'm not not like Derek. Did you have a uh, like uh, mullet? I could see you. Uh, so maybe a mullet, maybe in the eighties. see you with the mullet in the eighties in high school, but definitely you. not into the nineties. Not you still have the mustache though, right? Uh, some I bet you were yeah, rocking the through thick some one. of it. Yeah, I bet you were rocking yeah. the thick one back then. <laughs> Carry on, sorry, I didn't uh, mean to okay, hijack so, your intro. <laughs> so rock through the nineties. Uh, ended up going into Arkansas in nineteen ninety nine. Ended up on a SWAT team there. I uh, was there for about eight years. Left a couple of years. Went to the Department of Energy Nuclear Security. Did training for them for a couple of years and then ended up in Texas, mm-hmm. where I've been now 11 years. Okay. So what's your current position and role? What do you do? So as you said, I'm a lieutenant, but I'm also the commander over the SWAT team, which puts me in charge of the tactical unit and also the negotiator team. Okay. So 21 TAC guys and 10 negotiators. Full-time, nice. part-time? We are collateral duty. We can't say part-time because that means I would have part of my time dedicated to SWAT. Mm-hmm. We figure out how to fit it in when we can fit it in. Gotcha. <laughs> Semantics, yeah, it is semantics. Love it. Pure, it's a lieutenant language. Pure lieutenant it. talk. If you guys don't know, <laughs> I know he I didn't read, understand a word. He just he read, a lot. he read more books than we have. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's what all these notes are. All the books uh, I read. So yeah. I'll share it with you. Yeah, so you are officially the first guest to show up with a notepad. Yep. who actually has something written down other mm-hmm. than like pretty drawings or drawings right. of dicks or whatever yeah. <laughs> on the on the paper. Well, he might have one over there. So I am really old, and if I don't write it down, it didn't happen. Obviously, but if I didn't write it down, I'll forget about gotcha. it, and I'll just be sitting here. Listen to the three of you talk, and I won't have anything to say. Well, hey, Brandon, since you're close to him, wake him up if he falls, if he falls asleep. Over there. <laughs> right. I do like how you have your hat covering your crotch. I like that. Oh, yeah. It's strategic. <laughs> That's because he's sitting directly across from me. He doesn't want me, doesn't want me meat gazing. I'm cool with that. All right, so let's go ahead and get the sergeant uh, over here. Uh, can you follow that introduction up? No. There's no way I'm going to follow that up. Uh, yeah, so my name is Jared, uh, sergeant for a uh, – Police department here in the uh, north part of the Metroplex, northern part of Texas here in the Metroplex. Uh, thanks to Derek, thanks to Brian and mm-hmm. TPOA for uh, letting me uh, come on and hopefully uh, provide maybe a, a couple couple words that will apply to what we're talking about today. Yeah, I think you will. Um, yeah, for me, I guess uh, almost 17 years ago, I started with the same agency um, here in the Metroplex. I was pretty fortunate within a few years of uh, getting hired, uh, got onto at the time was a full-time team. And spent just short of ten years at the officer level, For them. and then uh, got to that right before we uh, went to—I I call it part time. Sorry, I don't—I don't sit at the big round tables <laughs> at this point in time, so I'll just stick with part time. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, promoted to sergeant, stayed on the team, um, and I guess I've been almost four years now as a sergeant. And in the meantime, in the past, I guess about three years ago, almost three years ago, we kind of recreated in a way with a very direct uh, kind of mission for uh, recreating that full-time element yeah. of uh, six guys plus me. And uh, pretty much our primary objective is future of apprehension, high we're risk. We're uh, doing some good work, man, over there. So uh, that's uh, a lot of challenges all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm guessing we'll probably dive into some of that as we go along. Yeah. Uh, and can just with the uh, team itself, the big team, yeah, and then kind of that small unit, element that uh day-to-day kind of deals with yeah i remember you being a new guy on y'all's team man i I remember that and 
go back a long time with you. Yeah, it's uh, so I mean, it's pretty comfortable for me to sit here in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. I mean, yeah, we've uh, the other three sitting here now. I, mean, I think I've known Carl the least, mm-hmm. the least amount of time. Um, but you know, but we, we hang we out, we pick out each other's shirts a lot yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So <laughs> for the day, what did you guys like roll over and go? Hey, what are you going to wear today? I'm going to yeah. wear this. Let's go to the closet well, and pick uh, something up. I tried to help him out. I set I set two out for him. Don't give him options. <laughs> you got the granimals mixed up. Huh? <laughs> That's funny. I know. Normally, when we're when we're sitting around here talking, that's usually like with beer out and you know, in in an area where we can just cut loose. So I like this atmosphere because I kind of it, it simulates that same thing when we talk with guys. So that's what I love about this and and uh, just getting to know guys in, in because I didn't know all that about you, Carl. I, I really didn't. Uh, kind of Arkansas and Oklahoma. I didn't know that. And everywhere. Yeah. Um, oh gypsy in law enforcement for a little while, but finally found a place where I can. But that's got to help you. I mean, like doing that has got to help you kind of understand a lot of different levels of leadership, right? Right. So, um, some of the part that I skipped over because I don't want to talk about the the resume to, you know, cause you can go on and on just like you guys can to the things that you've done in this job. But I've been fortunate enough to raise uh, rise to the ranks couple of different places i served as the chief of police in a small agency for about six months long enough to realize i was oh, wow. too too young to do this job as a chief damn i didn't even so know a very that. very small agency but i made it about six months before i realized that i needed you to, needed more experience. to take a, yeah. needed more experience and then also needed to figure out a way to communicate things to people who don't understand law enforcement yeah. i didn't have enough experience at the time i kind of fell into the spot yeah and um uh, there, there I was. So, yes. Yeah, so, to answer your question, a ton of different angles of leadership along the way. Start calling you chief. Oh, don't, shit. don't do that. That was such a long time ago. Man, you're the first chief we've had on this show. Oh my god, I'm so sorry I brought it up. I that was actually a lie, and I apologize, <laughs> dude. On your new bragging montage, right. yeah. it's going to be Chief Carl. Yeah, Chief okay. Dirty Carl. Chief Dirty Carl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, in all the places that you've been. Who was like a mentor, like a leader that you looked up to, like who kind of what's driving you to be the leader that you think that you are today? Besides Derek and I. Yeah, besides So I have to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The two of you. Uh um, I wouldn't be the guy that I am now. Uh, I know. I'm glad you finally recognized that. (laughs) (laughs) Who helped you out years ago? Years ago. Years. Who helped you out? uh, Derek. Uh, Yeah, Derek helped me out some uh, once. That's you. So, yes. So I, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in if, you know, if it wasn't for Derek to help me out along the way. So, yes, where the absolutely. gym was, the hotel gym? He did show me where the gym was. was. Okay. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll, I'll catch that another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, to answer your question, I, I have to back up to the probably the beginning when I, was a, when I was a kid and always include my dad and my grandpa in that because of their work ethic. My dad spent 41 years in the same job. That's hard to come by these days. Somebody mm-hmm. staying in one spot. Of course, I didn't follow that path. I ended up job hopping for <laughs> a lot of years, but uh, just to learn how to work and the and the work ethic and the family part of it was important to get that early on. Uh, but throughout the years, when you talk about leadership, I always think leadership is influence, and and you could be influenced by people correctly, and sometimes influenced by people incorrectly. And I'm in a great spot now to be influenced correctly. But in the past, I've worked for other folks that have influenced me in a way that I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to, con- I don't want to do what that person does. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about leadership and understanding that it's actually influence, you can be influenced by somebody. It's like, Oh, I don't, 
I don't ever want to do, I don't want to be the micromanager. I don't want to be the person that, that has to have a say so in everything. So I've seen that over the years, years ago with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like their negative style of leadership influence you not to be that person. Absolutely. Right. And, And to learn how to stay out of the way, detach, keep, keep far away from it and, and know that, that, um, you've already trained the people up, hopefully that can do the job that you're doing and you can just stay out of the way and let them do it. And then you end up looking pretty smart. So are you saying that we have bad leaders in law enforcement? I'm saying that it's possible that there's, (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's the, that's the Lieutenant. That's that's the Lieutenant. Yes. But yeah, so that's, we, we've had some bad leadership in law enforcement. It's a, it's the same with any job that you do. Now, were you on y'all's team? Yes. So, um, on a team in Arkansas and then also on the team. And I so I rose to the ranks and been that, been in that agency for 11 years. So that's one of the things So you were on the team. I've been on the team for 10 years and they where you're at right now went from team leader to team commander with no, no downtime. It was got a phone call one day. Like, Hey, come see me. We're thinking about moving you to a commander spot. So I just, so how, how was that? Cause now you're like, it's a, it's a different role. How did you, how did you adapt to that? It is a different role, but I I feel like unless there's a blind spot there, I feel like I was already doing that. I was Mm -hmm. already, I was already taking charge of, because we had a revolving door of, of commanders. And that's, Mm -hmm. that can be an issue. A lot of times when you put somebody in as a commander that maybe doesn't have any SWAT experience that you end up working for somebody that is coming to you and asking you, what do you guys do with this? What do you do with that? Mm -hmm. I was already doing those tasks. So it was pretty seamless. So, I mean, it's a different seat yeah. altogether. And, and yes, it, you can end up in some uncomfortable conversations in that position more yeah. so than in a, you know, another position. But yeah. anyway, for sure. Jerry, what about you, man? Who influenced you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, to start out, like Carl was just saying in the very beginning, going back, I mean, you go way back when it comes to a work ethic, I got to devote a lot of that and give a lot of, uh, I guess praise uh, to my parents. It's good. Uh, I'm not here to talk about my upbringing. Or everybody's got a story of how their life came about. I'm not arguing that point whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but just with a background that the what my dad uh, did for pretty much his entire life and the work ethic, and then what my mom had to do um, to provide and all that, it just really ingrained. And it may almost, in some ways, I guess, could almost be a, a I don't want to say a detriment. That might be too strong of a word, mm-hmm. but I get really, I get really wrapped up. I guess with work, even when I'm off, um, when I'm at home, mm-hmm. I'm always looking at stuff. Always trying to really assess and think about different things that went on during that week. If it was on the weekend and like different yeah. operations or different, and re- trying to evaluate, trying to take a, that step back and assess. So I guess I mean it really starts there um, for me, yeah, because just that whole work ethic and taking work serious. It's more than, I guess, if I'm going to devote the majority of my time, however many hours a week that it becomes to this, my name's going to be attached to it. So I guess, yeah. I guess I take pride yeah. in my name being attached to the, the, uh, the, the level of work, the efficiency, the productivity that comes with that, right. uh, within the organization and the team itself. I've seen good and bad, I guess, from different supervisors when I was an officer, um, uh, trying to take those good, and see the things I don't, I probably didn't agree with kind of the way some things were handled Yeah, and trying to not repeat that cycle, if that makes sense. No, I definitely understand that. And then there's, a, there's some guys, about a handful of guys and including Derek, cause Derek and I came up on the team 
and the officer level pretty much right at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, and there's still some senior guys that are attached to our team uh, that were the senior guys when I was a new guy. <laughs> so and their commitment to the team um, really rubbed off on me. Yeah. And, you know, like one phrase that was told to me in the very beginning by the guy on the the senior guy on the team that was kind of my quote unquote training officer, if you want to put it that way with the team. Yeah. You know, one of the first times he made a comment, he said, the simplest way to put it is think about and focus on in a way leaving this team. Whenever your time comes, leave the team better than the way you found it. Exactly. Um, and I guess I look at that and I try to convey that. And I guess in my mind, the way I work, it, I work that through in my brain mm-hmm. is if my focus is the team and leaving the team better than the way I found it, then I'm looking at because everybody when they get on a team, in my opinion, usually finds a niche, they find an interest, mm-hmm. and kind of they hone in on those specific things. Which if I hone in on just those, I guess I look at that as I'm gonna I'm limiting my uh, my knowledge, I'm limiting what I can bring to the team. But if I think about the team as a whole then I'm looking at stuff that may not even be my wheelhouse, never was, but I still want to do what I can. Yeah. Whether that be training or something I see and kind of run that down to those guys, if that will make them better or make them think about mm-hmm. something maybe they haven't thought about before. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. In my little – the hamster turning the wheel in my brain right now, <laughs> it makes sense. But sometimes when I communicate, it doesn't quite come no. out as clear. It's funny. So before you started talking about – your qualities. The first thing that came to mind, just because I've known you, I've competed against you, I've gone to classes with you and all this kind of stuff is intensity and intentionality. Like you're very, you're a very intense guy and you're very just like focused and intentional when, when you do things. And I I love that because that, that feed, I feed off of that because I'm kind of the same way. I like, I'm very intense. I like, like things to, I want, this damn job to be fun. And I want guys to do fucking good. And and you're the exact same way. I've seen you yell with passion, man, on the, on those obstacle courses or during events. And it's out of like, not you're so hard on yourself. And, and I like that because I'm the same way, but, um, but those are the, those are the things that were running through my mind, even before you said that. So just to, I appreciate that, man. Just, to affirm just so that. you know, he does the same thing at training yeah, for yeah. us uh-huh. and he does the same thing in operations. Uh-huh. Just, Oh, I know. I've the, seen him. It's the, it's, the, it's the same across the board. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I mean, he yep. kind of is what he is. Yeah. I don't know good. that Jared has an actual, like, do you have an off button? Probably not. Because you seem like you're always on. Like, you're always you're always bring that intensity. You even brought it today, just talking to you the 30 minutes before starting this up, just the conversations. It's it's That's enlightening. That's that's good, and it's positive. Yeah, so it's I positive. think uh, it's hard for me to turn it off. Right. Uh, you know, I, I guess not to – deep dive any like personal business anyway out here. But you know, I went back home cause I'm not from around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I grew up, my family, they're all 900 miles away mm-hmm. and I went home about a week ago and I could tell, even though like I knew there's, I knew there's uh, an operation that come up cause I still have my work phone and I see yeah. messages, <laughs> but it was clear as day because where I grew up, it's complete polar opposite of this environment. Uh. I mean, it's, I call, I refer to this as basically the concrete jungle. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, it's just, it's big city and I grew up in farm country, nowhere. Mm. Uh, so it's small towns, um, you know, where my old man lives, there's one stoplight. Wow. Uh, and it's nothing but uh, farm fields everywhere. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time. And I don't know how long, like, I mean, I literally, I could tell like, I just completely just, 
for once in a long time, I think I hit the off button. Yeah. Completely decompressed, actually slept, didn't put much thought into work. Got a personal <laughs> business back home I was go, uh, working, uh, just kind of working with and going through on some things. Um, but to answer your question, that's a long answer. The short answer yeah. is as much as I try, no. Am I, <laughs> and by all means, and I am probably my own probably worst enemy because when something doesn't go right, especially like in an operation capacity, uh, I'm the first one to, or I try to be the first one to really deep dive what the problem is, where it went wrong, and uh, more or less, where did I foobar that up? Yeah. Okay, first off, I just want to apologize. <laughs> He was off last week or two weeks ago, whenever that happened, and I texted him not knowing he was off. Oh, so that's my fault. He got the information about the call out and all the stuff going on. So, <laughs> damn, I feel like a dick now. Big, so he was off, and then dumb you, you just flipped the switch and put it back I, Yeah, on. he was that's, totally off. That's, that's I, I flipped the switch. I'm like, that's fuck, good. bro. I'm yeah. so sorry. Carl, uh, how many people above you, um, decision makers, do you have above you when it comes to SWAT stuff in your agency? Three. Three. Do you have to go to those guys on a regular basis about just say a, just a basic narcotic search warrant or a fugitive apprehension? No, a lot of those are just typically, hey, this is what we have and this is what we plan to do. Um, I, like I said earlier, in a very good position right now where all I need to do is just say what we have, give them the why we're doing it, and we just march forward and they stay they stay out of the way and hey, what resources do you need? That kind of thing. So, how many like mid level managers do you have, like sergeants? I have um, on the SWAT side. I have four four sergeants on the tax side and two sergeants on the negotiator side. Okay, are those guys able to kind of free think and do their own thing without having to come to you with everything, or do you, are you the type of guy that kind of wants a general understanding of what's going on? They they better be able to make decisions on their own, and and yeah, I try to stay out of the way as much as I can. My job now as a commander is more strategy and not tactics. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking strategically what the team's going to look like five, ten years from now where I want them focusing on the day-to-day operations. That's not my job anymore. My job is the future. It's good. Jerry, what about you? How many people above you? So, uh, I mean, I guess really the only real direct dialogue most times is just the lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he, depending on what the operation is, if it's a full team operation, I'm not in a lot of those conversations, but there's certain depending on what the operation is, what it involves, they may go to a deputy chief. And then communicate. I think pretty regularly he communicates to the deputy chief when we're running an operation, just so mm-hmm. they're in the kind of that know. Um, now, what level of communication goes up that chain, uh, detail wise? Yeah, I'm really not in those conversations. Um, my lieutenant, you know, our lieutenant Derek is a uh, he's pretty good in my opinion because um, I think there's a lot of trust. I think he's he understands that you know we have a lot of guys with a lot of experience. Um, and that we're pretty thorough when putting together operations and plans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if he has questions, he asks. And I feel like it's really my job to make sure I. We're not doing this just because we want to. You know, hey, yeah. because of X, Y, Z, this is the reasoning behind this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically, I guess, you know, like an like for example, we were on an explosive breach on something. I'm gonna. I try to communicate to him a list of reasons for why this is best serves our team mm-hmm. um, and doing this particular situation, this particular charge for this re- because of these reasons. Yeah. So that way, if he gets questioned, 
it's not just because I've heard this before with uh, what I call the uh, round table de- of the round table <laughs> deputy nights. Yeah. Because they'll have these conversations. <laughs> and I heard it's come up in this about the last, well, why'd you guys do this? And the response is, because we can. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's cool and all. But when they rotate, if you would just explain some of that. Yeah. So when somebody gets, comes into that home, they already have some. I'm not saying they're ever going to have that knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, but at least having some understanding prior to, um, especially if it needs to be done in the moment kind of situation, yeah. they're not really starting to question and making us pump the brakes on something when we need to move on something. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No. Do y'all yeah. feel like in y'all's agencies or just overall that there's administrators that just think that SWAT guys are just, just break shit? That's all we do is just break shit. And that's just – you're going to call SWAT, so they're just going to they're going to explosive breach everything. They're going to do this when actually, man, it's like there's so many tools that we have and and ways we can do things. What do we want to do? Hey, what works best for this objective? Do you find that with y'all guys? Man, I, I think there's some folks because when you rise to the level, chiefs levels, lieutenant levels, you've been around for a while, mm-hmm. and I think there was a time back in the in in the day when that was the thought, mm-hmm. but. I believe personally, specifically within my agency, they look at it as a man. That's this is these guys are going to do the least they have to do to damage stuff. Mm. They're going to do the least they have to do if they get put in a uh, life-threatening situation. These are the guys I want making that decision, as opposed to somebody who doesn't train on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. So you, going, going. I'm, I apologize. No, you're. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is what Jared just said just a minute ago is is a big piece of what administrators want to know. They want to know the, they want to know the why Mm -hmm. and your operators and your sergeants and your lieutenants, they all want to know why. So when you answer those questions ahead of time in training and answer them in a round table discussion, much like what we're doing now, if you give them the why, when you get in the command post, the chances of them saying, well, why are you doing that? Are slim because they're like, oh, you got this. So, yeah, why aren't you doing that? Okay, I'm going to be the asshole of the bunch here. That's <clears throat> shocking. Shocking. If they want to know why, right, and I give you that, they probably do want to know why. Why don't they come out to some training and see what we do or what we're capable of doing, or at least be around. Here's my thing. I don't give a shit if you come out to training and you're into it and you pay attention and you actually know what we're doing. Just come out to training and let the guys see you there because that's kind of going to let the guys think, think, or, you know, think that, Oh my shit, you know, my new deputy chief, he's bought into us and he likes us or whatever it is. If they really want to know why they would do that. Okay. So I'll track with you on that. I believe they do want to know why, and I'm going to put it right back on us. It's our responsibility to get them there. It's our responsibility. Like black our, bags and duct tape? Well, if, you, <laughs> if that's what it takes. So I don't have the problem that it sounds like what you're discussing. I don't have people that won't come out to training if we invite them. So an invitation something that is extended very regularly. We've had, chief, we've had the chief of police at our training before. We've had assistant chiefs. We've had deputy chiefs come to our training. And it's not like Derek. Uh, that's what it is. Right. Like yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the person that's asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so I'm the nicest fucker. You guys know, <laughs> just so you're clear. Just yeah. so I'm clear. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, it sounds like you, your situation probably is a little different than what we got. Um, Cause the deputy chief that covers SWAT, um, every time we build out a training schedule, we mm-hmm. charge the six, we do it six months out mm-hmm. for every six months, the days, 
and the topics are all laid out with instructors. Yeah. And, and that's, that's every week. It's training every week. And it's forwarded. That schedule is provided to said deputy chief. Um, so to me, that quote unquote olive branch, if you so want to put it, here it is that they don't show up. Yeah. Occasionally, the one we just, before they just did a rotation, occasionally for a brief period of time, he would show up. But he was also 20 some years ago, a, uh, oper- he was on the team as an officer. So he, he has interest because he was a part of it a yeah. long time ago when tactics were completely different, mm-hmm. uh, which he regularly would make a comment about. We'd have to tell him, hey, just stop talking because you're dating yourself. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, um, I, I do have to agree a little bit with Derek on some of that. You're not going to agree with me? Well, this is where uh, I get my feelings hurt. That my is. feelings are going to get hurt now. Someone's well. sleeping in the guest bedroom tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's guys listening to this podcast right now that are, are yelling in their car, whatever, where they're listening to this, agreeing with Derek understanding what you're talking about, Carl, because I see both sides of it. I've seen the flow of our department of being disconnected from us. And I've seen it where now there's a huge connection with us and admin and all that. And and I think it's both. I mean, there's going to be departments that, and you'll never see a chief at any training. And there's going to be other departments that depending on chief and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's like you said, it's our responsibility as a SWAT guys to let them know and also physically invite them always educate them and at the end of the day they're either going to do it or not and i understand their schedule and everything but i know there's a lot of frustration with that when guys are listening and and man i i'm i'm right there with y'all on all so, both sides and i'll take this well, full let, circle let me, back to go ahead jared I sorry apologize. I apologize, no, no you're good sir go ahead um <laughs> full circle to where this thing this conversation this this actually started about you know is it are we just going out and breaking stuff yeah is that our whole Maybe it's false hope on my part, and it very well could be. Uh, but a part of me kind of thinks too that that's a that's a running joke within mm-hmm. our organization, yeah. Um, which I think is with any organization in SWAT and a, and a SWAT team, and they're you know that prima donna, blah blah blah, <laughs> that whole stereotype. And it's a running joke. I'm not arguing that, but I also think within our organization, since all of our higher ups are from within, they've all come from within. There's also a level of I would say somewhat professional respect. And I think they trust that we are handling our business the way it needs to be handled. So they're not necessarily diving into what we do now. Would it serve maybe save some time by showing up and getting a better understanding of some things? I'm not going to argue that point at all. So you're not having to communicate that why in the middle of an operation or just before, like we were talking about before we started here. And I was telling you about a recent operation after a brief I'm having to have some deep dive conversation with the, uh, who was acting commander at the time. You know, I think having some of that information prior to would limit some of those conversations without a doubt. Here's my thing. I am all for, excuse me, um, admin guys coming to training because I think it does. It lets them know that when we are professional, we're, you know, hopefully we're good at what we do. They see all the things that we're capable of doing. It makes their job easier out on a big scene. If there ever is a big scene, like an active shooter, say at a community college or something like that, they know that, hey, these guys know what they're doing. Their bosses, their sergeants, their lieutenants, everybody squared away. I'm going to step back 
I'm going to do my admin thing. I'm going to let these guys do what they need to do, what they know that they need to do. But sometimes I think there's a disconnect between the admin guys and, and really his level, uh, Jared's level, not so much the Lieutenant level where, where, where you're at Carl. Cause admin Lieutenant, you're right there. Borderline admin, dude. Right. I mean, right. like, well, yeah, both. let me, let me back up just a minute before we lose this. Cause I told you I'm old and I'll forget. And I didn't take a note. Did on you that. write it down? No, I didn't write it down. Okay. Damn it. Um, it sounds to me like they trust you. Mm, look at that. Dirty Carl with mm. wisdom here. So I hope if they're, if, so if you're on a major scene and they're staying out of your way and letting you do your work, sounds to me like they trust you. I hope that is true. I really do. I really do. Sometimes I'm just a little iffy of, well, and that. sure, I get that. I, I haven't forgot where I came from. I, I remember being at a team leader level, assistant team leader level, and also at an operator level thinking some of the same thoughts. So when going back a few more sentences back when we were talking about extending that olive branch, sometimes you need to extend another one and another one and another one. Hey, yeah, we do have six months of training spelled out. But hey, two weeks from now on this Wednesday – can you just come show up for just a little bit? Put put it back in their court. Can you just come show up? I've got something I want to show you uh, here. And then if you get shut down with a no there, then have some closed-door conversations where you're discussing what you want to show them. So you may not get them on scene or on training site. You are still getting an opportunity to to hopefully educate up the chain and to lead from below at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think also just our personalities of – being the just a guy on the team, just the, the the dude that makes entry. Our personalities are always, for the most part, if we were in charge, man, we'd be so invested because we're invested now as 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 just guys on the team. So we kind of forget that and I can't believe I'm just gonna say this and kind of stick up for gold brass. Uh but I think a lot of that has to do because I think about just how passionate I am. I know like like we are all passionate about what we do and I think sometimes we we would put ourselves in that position, what we would do, because we like oh, we give SWAT guys everything because we know this, but the reality is they're not there. They haven't done it. They know a little bit. They know enough, and they just basically trust our guys. I'm saying that's been my experience for the most part. It hasn't been always like that, but I think sometimes that's for me. Other departments, I know I've li- listened to a lot of guys and talk, man, man there's a whole f- spectrum of things that go on, but I, I think we're hitting on a, a really key issue here of just how – the politics and everything work in, in each department. And so, so I think there's a key point in there is educating. We, so we go to training, we train the the lowest level, lowest level operator all the way to the most experienced operator. Yeah. We have to take that same approach or the same thought, maybe a different approach sometimes because we have egos that always are in play and going back to the mentality, the type a mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I tried to get an administrator out here and they won't show up. I think we still have to continue to open that door up to them. And we have to, from the point we're at, still try to educate above us. And that's uncomfortable because sometimes you're going to be talking to talking to bosses ahead of you. They're like, hey, I, I need to, for lack of a better term, I need to drop this down to Barney level for just a minute so you understand the smallest portion of this, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. <clears throat> I'm completely cool with that. I just want to see more of it. I really well, do. I, I think there's a yeah, lack I want of to see it. I do more think there's it. a lack of it. I I guess I'm in utopia 
uh, where I'm at. I, I think now, there's an, an area where I'm like, wow, this is really cool because they stay out of my way. I will say they this. They let us do things. I've seen teams from all the country, and I've heard stories uh, about leadership from other teams from across the country. And by no means am I saying that 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 our like what we have going on is bad. I mean, we are we are far from the worst I've ever heard about when it comes to leadership and bosses trusting and, and all that. So I just want to make that clear. But it's just like for me, I just wish that they would show up a little bit more or have a little bit more of a uh, interest in what we do, right? I understand right. bosses have a lot of other things going on and I will never understand that job because I don't want to understand that job. Yeah. I don't want to be at that level. I'm happy where I'm at. So, but for the being the final decision maker on some big scene, which they are, I kind of just wish that they would show up just a little bit more and just have a basic understanding of what we're trying to accomplish versus asking you at a scene or asking you at a scene because Time is of the essence of putting on the scene. And the more that you guys are talking and not leading the dudes, there's a chance of something bad happening. Yeah. I think it was I agree. two yeah. years ago. I guess so. that was our last competition, right, in Conroe. That was two years ago. I right. Guess. So we had our assistant chief come down who's over uh, us. And he came down, drove all the way down from the city and, and uh, to Houston, made that drive. I couldn't tell you how many guys that from other teams came up to us and goes, Man, that's one of y'all's chiefs. I'm like, yeah. What's he doing here? Like, out of amazement. Almost like, did he come down and like fire y'all or something? Because why is he down here? Someone's in trouble. Yeah, yeah someone's <laughs> yeah. in trouble. And Ours does that rare, very yeah. regularly. He shows up all the time. And, and that's a absolutely good. good thing. And, and the guys, it wasn't like he was he was just there and and like invested. Um, and that's been a really good thing. I know this last conference, he went to uh, one of the a uh, couple classes. Uh, he's been to the y'all's class, the um, NTOA command. NTOA, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Man, to me, that speaks volumes. Uh, whether is he going to agree with everything we didn't know? Uh, I hope the next guy uh, who comes in and takes his position, I hope he does the same thing because that's only going to benefit him. It's going to benefit us as well, but it's it's ultimately going to benefit that man. And, and you don't want him agreeing with everything you're doing because yeah. you do need that other side of the coin approach mm-hmm. of, hey, did you think about this? Yes, sir, we did, and this is the reason why we're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No. Jared, what what are you guys looking for in a SWAT guy? What are you looking for in a SWAT guy? So I'm a brand new guy at the at, at the department. I want to come to SWAT. What characteristics do you want that person to have? So I guess some of the stuff um uh, I guess over the past couple, three years, um we've had tryouts, we're doing interviews, is I want to know what they're like from the guys they work with from the other officers they work with on a day to regular everyday shift. And ultimately are they, uh, are they lazy? You know, I mean, you and I've talked about this, about a lot of people that come into this job, at least within that we've seen from our organization. Now, I'm not going to speak for everybody across the board, but it's kind of a, uh, it's just a job. It's a job versus a calling. Yes. Correct. So that doesn't, that doesn't work in SWAT. Because if you, to me, if you come into SWAT and it's just, uh, I just want to be on SWAT. I just want to have, I want to say I'm on SWAT. You're not the mentality that we talked about, that I was talking about in the beginning of how leaving this team better than the way I found it. You're not going to do anything. All you're going to care about is making yourself better. And that focus is going to be really limited in my opinion. So, you know, one I'm looking at is, are these, is it somebody that goes out and works, is looking for, you know, the, 
looking for people to put in jail, mm-hmm. looking what are they doing to better themselves and better their knowledge. Not so much in SWAT. You know, I don't expect guys that are new officers yeah. to be focused on getting training in SWAT mm-hmm. tactics, that kind of knowledge. But what are you doing to make yourself better as, as an officer? Are you just taking going to the forty hours of training that apartment supplies, or are you going out on your own? And finding training, yeah. and then maybe you don't get to go to it because the funding's not there, but you're sending it up to go, that initiative. Yeah. Um, initiative is big to me. Um, how you take care how you take care of yourself. Not so, I mean, physical, yes, that has obviously a play, but, you know, do you, you know, one way to phrase is, and some people aren't into shining boots and all that. I'm not saying I'm the biggest shine boot kind of guy, but do you every day show up like you – grabbed a rag, stuck in some mud and rubbed it all over your boots kind of thing. What's your, I mean, do you take care of yourself? Do you take pride in having this professional appearance? Because to me, if you're an individual that day to day, you come to work for your shift for your platoon or wherever you're coming from and you put that detail into appearance and detail into your job, that's going to translate to one, your equipment when you're on the team, whatever you get assigned and author, so if I need that equipment to function, yeah. it's going to function. And then we don't have to have a, in a debrief, have a conversation. What was wrong? Why wasn't your equipment working? Um, so, I mean, those are big things. I mean, you come in, I've seen plenty of people come to interviews and they can crush an interview because they just know how to, t- they know how to talk. They know how to BS. Uh, they know how to say the right things. But when you actually sit down and talk to or have a co- sidebar conversation off the record with people they work with, you start to get a real good idea yep. of what's uh, of what that individual is really like. And if those people speak highly of that individual that they work with day to day, I think there's some uh, there's some weight to that. No, that, for sure. Um, yeah, like what your peers say about you, and then just self awareness of yourself, right? Like 100%. the way that you handle mm-hmm. your your personal your personal uh, life and things at work. Yeah. Carl, what about you? If I was going to try to be on your SWAT team, one, I probably couldn't pass the crazy physical shit that you guys do, but because I'm just old and well, fat. If you talk to you talk to Carl, our PT test is harder than ours. Probably is. Probably what? is. So yeah, yeah. I'm sticking my chest out right we now. Have, uh, we have Dirty Carl, we have what do you value? St- we have some studs <laughs> on the team. So what I to answer that, what I would value is is a guy that's going to put the team first. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's going to try to add value to the team. Somebody's going to daily try to get better. And somebody that at the end of the day when they make a mistake or the beginning of the day when they make a mistake will say, yeah, I made that mistake. Mm-hmm. So those are those are key key um, areas that we want them to, to have. But going back to what Jared says and the way Jared lives his life is that tenacity, that, that waking up every day and being on. Yeah. Like, is this something that you're trying to do? So I'll give you a give you a story because the guy no longer works for us, no longer on the SWAT team, no longer works for us. I tried out eleven years ago for the team that I'm on now, and I happened to have a sidebar conversation with him as two officers sitting together, and he says, "Man, I got I'm on the SWAT team, so I can try to promote because that's the easiest way to fast track around here." <laughs> and I remember looking at him and going, "What? I, mean, I I I don't know. Is is that facts? I don't know, but." That's a character issue in my mind. Yeah. So did he make it on the team and we didn't pick up those character flaws? We picked him up later on. It was obvious a few years later on. We were like, oh, he's got to go. Yeah. So. I think that would be, I know if I, if I would have heard that, a new guy say that, 
I'd have been like, no, fuck you. You're off. I'm like, yeah. you're not even yeah. trying it. Like, you're done. I'm not. No, well, he was, no he was smart enough to only have yeah. that conversation yeah, with, with me, yeah, exactly. who's new on the team. I'm like, well, yeah. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, so sure. if you have a bad apple, how hard is it for you guys to remove them? Uh, it's very simple. Very simple. So we, we always want to document, of course, every small thing that we can. That's, I mean, I'm not talking about document misses on a target or anything like that, but I'm talking about documenting bad decisions or whatever. We document, obviously, but it, it's pretty simple. I can have a conversation with my boss, and if I had to remove somebody, which has happened, it, it's real quick. Yeah. Hey, one thing to piggyback off of, uh, I left out that it, actually something else that I try to hear about is that decision making? Yeah. Because I mean, we all know that you can't things things are fluid, and in, in operations we do. Even if it's say hey, this is X marks the spot, this is where we're going. We're hitting this location. Once we step off, whatever whether it's a van, an APC, whatever we're stepping off of, so that may be the structure, but what the environment brings us changes, and yeah. somebody can't drive a Every time, every step you take, you're stepping here, you're stepping here. I mean, you guys got to be able to act and, and do what they need to do. Yeah. So that, you know, are they able to make, how do they handle like high stress calls in the patrol aspect? You know, get an idea of what that looks yep. like. I don't expect them to step right into SWAT and, you know, be able to handle and, mm-hmm. you know, do what they need to do per se. But this, to me, if you're able to, if they demonstrate a patrol, then that's something that will eventually carry over into the team aspect. Yeah their decision-making, are they making sound decisions um, or are they, I don't know, Leroy Jenkins kind of situations <laughs> that probably shouldn't be. A little you know, yeah. So I just to add to that, I think that's the one thing that we've mentioned multiple times in our tryouts is we want thinkers before shooters. Hell yeah. You, you can pass a PT test and we're going to do, a, do some things to put you through your physical limits. And we want you to be able to shoot. Okay. We're going to make you better. Yeah. Cause you're going to get to train more than you've ever gotten to train. But can you think under pressure? Can you process? Can you play chess in your mind, like thinking two to three steps ahead? Well, mm-hmm. if this happens, I'm going to do this. That's what we're looking for. That's the that's what we value and as think, the thinker before shooter. For sure. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. I haven't really talked to Derek. I haven't talked to you about this, but I've talked to a couple guys, and I've talked to Lieutenant about it um, going forward. And it obviously needs to be developed. But our team, you know, we've got, like a lot of teams, we've got some guys that, have come from uh, that that SF community from the military that are now in law enforcement and kind of talking to them. But instead of some of the stuff we've done on the tryout out the range, uh, when it comes to that PT aspect, still do, obviously we're going to still do PT. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all part of a tryout. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But build in some situations or different, different spots to where it requires thinking and leading basically solving problems you have like basically call grab one of the people trying out pull them off to the side tell them hey you got x number here's your time here's your time cap here's your problem and solve the problem and if that means you know even moving something from point a to point b how do you make all that happen yeah. all right now go you, you're in charge of the, all those guys are your team no it, go it, work that problem the whole thinking thing is man i I've seen guys come through that looked the part and man, they just, some of them just don't work out because of the thinking part of it, or they get so much pressure that they just fold. Like you're like, man, pressure does a lot of stuff to people. And 
sometimes, man, it, it just it's too much for these guys. Um, and being a good SWAT guy, it takes a while to to be able to learn it all and be able to understand. Hey, my mind is up here. For the normal person, it should be way you know skyrocketed. But man, I'm, I'm I can think, I can see this. It's it's fun. Like it's fun to go do high speed stuff. And but there's some guys that just can't do the low speed stuff because they're they're all up you know very high up and trying to think and they're disasters because uh, no, everything's everything's moving in their minds so fast they yeah. haven't seen it enough yeah, but or they can't think- process it fast enough to for it to be at half speed like the four of us walk into a room and handle a problem right now it would be at probably half speed for mm-hmm. us because we've seen it and we've done it but yeah. for them it's they haven't seen it. How long do you give yeah. a person to reach that through training? Let's say, let's say, okay, on the job training, meaning like operations. You, let, let, let's say you're doing one or two a week. Is that about right? Or yeah, we're probably doing uh, sixty operations a year, probably for our team, fifty to sixty, if that's what you're asking. Okay, so how long would you guys give an operator, a new operator, a new SWAT guy, to kind of start to figure this thing out with training plus the real life operation? speed and tempo so ours is pretty simple we have a matrix that we use that just basically spells out what the minimum requirements and knowledge that they're going to have to have to stay on the team that's weapons operations vehicle operations things like that Uh, do they understand the tactic that we use and can they demonstrate that under pressure they get six months to come out of that phase and if they don't come out of that phase then they're on the bubble at that point because they can't make decisions now are you guys actually having like a a one-on-one with these guys after training as like a leading cadre and go okay carl uh man you're not performing well here but you're doing okay here and here we need to work on i don't know shooting or whatever it is or tactics so day one, we assign a mentor. As soon as somebody comes directly out of tryouts, they get a mentor assigned to them. And that mentor, all of the team leaders and folks on the team, if they see an error, they'll go to that mentor and be like, hey, he's lacking in this area or she's lacking in this area. We need to try to fix this spot. So, yes, those are those conversations are occurring. And most of those are occurring unbeknownst to me because it, most it's of the time your, yeah, it won't it won't even rise to my yeah. level. Yeah. So. So are we getting, are we getting remedial training? Like after like, okay, let's say I'm having a hard time with some firearm, whatever it is. Am I staying after with my mentor? Are we retraining this or is it up to me to kind of figure the fuck out? Oh, I'm sure that's happening left and right where, Hey, Hey, you're on the line by yourself. Everybody else is going to sit here and watch you till you get this right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jared. So I'd say that we, uh, we don't have a spelled out matrix, which I'd actually like to see that. It's cute. Uh, it's like, it's, really, like it's really cute. Is it colorful? <laughs> it's, there's colors involved, yes, but awesome. I can't tell what colors they are. Because you're colorblind. <laughs> colorblind. You well, they just told you about chewing yeah. on crayons. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a few crayons involved. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, I try to do as, I guess, again, it goes back to um, being maybe too devoted at times mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and taking everything that we do, even training. And, I mean, Derek's heard me, you know, kind of uh, getting uh, getting the team's backside sometimes when it gets towards the end of a training day. And yeah. it's training. You know, we're not taking – kind of we get a little, I don't know, complacent may be a strong word, but I think complacency starts to creep in. Um, and that just – it irritates me. Yeah. It truly does because, you know, it's, it's, another, it's another rep, it's another run, whatever it is we're doing. Um, so 
the only way for training to be serious or to be realistic is you, as said, the guys running whatever the operation we're training, is you have to take it serious. Right. You have to take that situation serious, whatever it is, whatever the intel you provided, whatever we're training on, each evolution, you got to focus in. And that's my base. Like, you know, we debrief, we reset, there's a little bit of downtime. So, hey, you want to smoke and joke, you want to piss off, there's your time. And it, per se, it's not my mentality, but there's your time. I'm pretty, I go, you know, if it's a, whatever the situation or evolution is, hey, you can dial it in for a couple minutes. Yeah. For 5, 10, 15 minutes, you should be able to, you know, pardon the language, but you need to lock your shit up and dial it in because yeah. uh, it's time to work. Um, and I'm really trying to pay attention. I pay attention, try to pay attention to pretty much everybody that I can put my eyes on and see what they're doing. Um, and so the way we've kind of developed our team, and this was a big, obviously there's a lot of growing pains. We went from full-time to part-time and just kind of the way all that materialized, we had a lot of growing pains. Where we're at now, I think we're pretty good. So we've divided, broken our team into four teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and each team has a team leader and an assistant team leader. I try to, if there's a particular individual and I'm seeing stuff or somebody tells me, like a team leader comes and tells me about it, uh, especially those situations, I look at the team and I'm like, what are you doing about it? Yeah. And I've gotten a couple deer in headlights and I go, <laughs> he's on your team, right? Well, yeah. I go, then what are you doing to correct it? Because if you're not doing anything to fix said problem, whatever that problem is, you're not yep. taking that person one-on-one and showing them the way and at least attempting, I go, then we're failing that individual. Oh, for you sure. can't expect somebody just to come in here and pick something up right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Now, there's I'm very much, I guess, in belief that it's our job to train said people. Now, I agree with Brandon what you said earlier, which is there's some guys that just they can't. Yeah, they, they can't think through the problems, yeah. and they can't they can't grasp the tactic, and that comes a point where documenting we doc, these issues. Even if they fix the problems, we've still documented them from the beginning, so we have a kind of a documentation practice or protocol. Um, so if it still keeps going and going, I'm going to go to lieutenant and be like, "Hey, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue. It's not personal. Nope, but he doesn't get it." And it's detrimental to the team um, because he's going to put us in a position at some worst case scenario, he's going to do something that's going to basically be detrimental to this team and to mission success. Yeah. And, and I think that's important because so if anybody's listening to this and they're like, man, I, I'm, I was one of those guys that, man, it, I always say SWAT ain't for everybody. Like it is nothing personal at all. You can still be a great officer, but just, you're not cut out for SWAT. Like you wouldn't want me to be the freaking PIO of my department. I would be shitty at that. <laughs> Just like you wouldn't want me. I would to, actually love that. If yeah. You were PIO of your <laughs> like you wouldn't want me to drive a damn motorcycle because I'd wreck that shit. And I just would like kind of know well, your lane that you're in and, and, and stuff. Here's my thing. And, and kind of go back to what Jared said. It's nothing personal as a business. Mm-hmm. I, I see that as being a problem with leadership and law enforcement and some of it on the SWAT side. And, and here's where I'm going with this. SWAT teams, we're together a lot. Yep. Back in the day when we were full-time, I spent more time with these guys than I did my family, right, in the team leaders and the sergeants and everything. 
Sometimes I think guys are too worried about that friendship or not hurting someone's feelings. And they, and they, they fail to step up, excuse me. They fail to step up to be that leader that either you got voted into or that you took a test to promote and you came back or you went through the ranks of your team. I think the friendship and not wanting to hurt people's feelings sometimes is the, it's bad for law enforcement and it's really bad for SWAT guys. Yeah. So whenever like we have an issue, it's nothing personal. This is strictly business. You're a good dude, but you need to step the fuck up doing whatever it is that we're asking you to do. Now, Carl, are you agreeing with me or you disagree? Cause you kind of oh, shaking me my these, head. No, but I'm meaning yes. I, get, me, I get them confused. Sometimes <laughs> I was born in Oklahoma. I was like, yes, you give me these. I was like, uh-huh. You're give yes. me these like little squinty fuck you yeah. eyes. And no, I'm like, I just trying to add to what you're saying, because I think a lot of times we just want to avoid having those tough conversations. And it's that's, conflict. It is conflict. Right? And but it's hard, should to, be it's hard to tell. A, right. hundred percent. We shouldn't be afraid to tell somebody the inconvenient. But why truth. does it have to be a conflict? So, I'm being, I'm being serious. Right. So yeah. I went through our department 40 hour training a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And this whole, this right here, the quote unquote, cause I say quote unquote, the uh-huh. tough conversation yeah. came up in part of one of the classes. And I, I don't know if it's, I haven't heard anything come back. So I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. I'm not sure because <laughs> our actual chief and one of the assistant chiefs for our organization were in the class that day mm-hmm. attending. And they talked about how it's so hard. And like I told all my guys before we started that week, because I knew the assistant chief, I said, you know, was going to be in there. I told my guys, hey, just be cognizant of your audience and think before you just start trying to pop off some, (laughs) trying to be funny, (laughs) think about it. And I was like, I was trying to follow my own advice. And then I heard this and I go, you know what? Fuck it. Leroy (laughs) Jenkins. Full sin. Let's go. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what it in my mind. I was like, oh, fuck it. Send it. So, yeah. And I I go, I was like, I was like, I got to interject. And everybody looks at me. I go, I don't understand that. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, I don't understand why it's so hard to, why does it have to be a tough conversation? Yeah. I go, how do you, how do we expect to get any better? Whatever whatever our arena is, whatever our lane is and within this organization, if you can't have a constructive conversation. I said, now, if you step into the conversation out the gate and if I went to, didn't like how something was done yeah. or the way something went on operation, I went to said, went to Derek and said, you MF, you stupid POS. Yeah. Is yeah. that going to create a problem? Is yeah. that going to, yes, it is. But then why do you do it to me? Because that sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> That's on personal time. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's truth, dude. So, oh, yeah, honestly. Well, you I, just have that it, conversation respectfully. And, and that's not, what it sounds like you're trying to do. But it's not a tough right. conversation. Right. I with all if due you respect. sit down and be like, hey, yeah. I, I know what you did, but that, that's not how we do business. That's not the that's well, not the most effective way. And it, But if you give some background as to why, where you're, not just because, hey, I'm in charge and this is how we're doing it. It's, again, some of that why – if yeah. you give some explanation as to, hey, this is where things went wrong. This is where it would have been cleaner had we done X or Y. Yeah. I was like, those aren't. I was like, we do that all the time within the small unit that we have. Mm-hmm. Every time, pretty much, if we do a takedown, mm-hmm. uh, if we more or less for not literally. Well, sometimes literally, yes, we crush a car. But when we take somebody down in a car, you know, we do we do a lot of vehicle containment work. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't go the way it should have gone. I'm quickly at the end of it. If everything, when everything's wrapped up, 
we get back to the office, whether it's that night or it's the next day before we push out on a new target. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about some of this. Hey, this I know what happened here. We got to be cleaner. This yeah. is where we were yeah. kind of off. This is where we need to clean this up. And some of that's communication. Some of that's just actions. And we talk about it. And we, quote, unquote, do that debrief. It's, const- it's constructive criticism. So well, I don't understand part why of that it's problem, such a like, like right. real fast, Carl, sorry. Yeah. Part of the problem is he's rude. I, I talk, yeah. I talk yeah. a whole lot, so he, go ahead. He's so rude, man. <laughs> See, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Part, of, part of the problem is it's the tough conversation, but then the people that we're having the tough conversations with, they cannot get their fucking feelings hurt because we're calling them out on something. That's another problem. People today are too fucking sensitive. I don't think you guys are in this room. I don't think the older generation is like some of the older guys on the team. Some of the guys that have been around for a while. I, I have no problem going to them and going, dude, what the fuck or whatever it is, because I know that they're not gonna get their feelings hurt. Right. Or get offended by me calling out their mistake or whatever it is. Some of the newer guys, I feel like we have to wear those kind of kitty softball gloves. So we're not offending them. And then sometimes I'm just like, I'm fucking tired of it. And just like, I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. But Sorry, Carl, that's but, fine. Go ahead. No, well, right, so do I go now or does <laughs> so good. Was it my turn yet? Come on, I'm Dad, looking Carl. at you. Carl. All, all I was going to say was go back to the, the uh, tough conversation part. I think the toughest part of the conversation. And we were talking a little bit about law enforcement in general is the internal conflict of, Oh, I don't want to say that because I'm scared to, I'm scared to hurt somebody's feelings or I'm scared to bring that up because I don't want, I don't want to be out on the ledge and be the only person calling this out. Well, you better damn sure call it out. It's your job to call it out. And if somebody gets their feelings hurt, sorry that you got your feelings hurt, but we still have business to take care of. And you can take your feelings and leave those here. We're still going to talk about work. Your feelings aren't a part of work. Your feelings are personal. We're trying to get work done. So I have conversations with younger generation folks all the time. You brought that up. Uh, I struggle with that as well, but just to have a conversation like we're having right now, like, Hey, Derek, you messed up something. Why, why are we, why, why'd you do that? Can you give me yeah. something? Give me the reasons why you're doing that I th- and, I th- and just building on it from there. But at the end of the day, the tough part of that conversation is just having the guts enough to have that unpopular conversation. Yeah. I think what you hit on was really good. Cause I remember just training as an FTO and that was my biggest deal is, when someone did something of asking them, Hey, what were you thinking about this? Tell me about that. Because two or two things I can't get in your mind. I can't read your mind. So I'm having to ask you questions. So therefore when I'm asking these questions, you're telling me what you were thinking. And then a lot of times I was like, Oh, okay, well that makes sense. At least you're able to articulate because that's what we, we always have to justify what we do in police work. But like you said earlier, it's kind of, how do you sandwich this issue in? Because we're all the same. If you came to me, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? About what are you talking about? Or hey, I did right instead of asking me some questions because I try to do that. Do I always do that? Hell no, I don't always do it right. But I think that's a huge thing because everybody's learning because now you're asking someone and they're saying something, and you can either agree with it or there could be a debate or sometimes you're fucking both right. You, right. You know it's so. I think that's cool where you're with, both wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> you can both cool. be wrong. Yeah, I'm cool with somebody articulating why they did something. But at what point does that articulation become a fucking excuse? No, I, 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 there, there is because there's some guys that you know when they get called out or they don't call themselves out. That's that's the big thing for me. 
if you do shit and you don't call yourself out, I have a huge problem with that because either one, you don't know it. And if you don't know it, then we need to train you to know it or two, you're a fucking excuse maker. And so that doesn't, fly. as the tech commander, how do you handle the guy that always articulates the reason why they did what they did? So personally, I'm not hearing that anymore because I'm not as closely attached to him, but that is one of the expectations on our team. When you make a mistake, you better own it. You better own it. So, um, we we've gone through some individual training, some book reading, if you will, uh, where we've talked about ownership, and it's important as that is an expectation of your job. And if you don't own it, there is zero places for you on this team. If you can't own your own mistakes, then there's there's no place for you on the team. Just like if if my guys go on an operation and they mess something up, guess who gets to own that? You. I do. It's on me. So if I can't walk away from that, step away from it as a commander and let the team leaders run the show and have full faith that they're going to run the show the way it needs to be ran, then maybe I need to find a different job if I can't just get out of the way and let them do their job. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jay? So, I don't know. Let me ask you this, uh, Derek, because you I mean, you at first – and for the record, I I mess up things regularly. So I think we all I mean, yeah, everybody yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, I, just yeah. Don't, I don't want it to yeah. come across like uh, I've got it all figured out because by no stretch of the imagination no. do I have it figured out. Uh, do I – am I trying to take things, the good that I've seen mm-hmm. from other people like we talked about in the very beginning and utilize that? Obviously, yes, some things that uh, I've read along the way that I thought are valuable uh, tools with communication yeah. and for the team, yes. And some, like I said, some things that I didn't necessarily agree with the way some business was handled um, and trying not to repeat that cycle 100%. Um, I think by getting guys to buy into owning their mistakes um, if they make one, because I, I – I was pointing to Brandon when he uh, threw that out there about, (laughs) hey, if you mess something up, because that was something big that was first talked about when we first got on the team, which is, hey, if you make a mistake in the debrief, you call yourself Mm -hmm. because somebody saw it somewhere. There's enough enough dudes on an operation. They're going to see it. And if you're trying to hide from that mistake, it's going to come back. It's going to look far worse. Well, that also goes into integrity as a person, as a SWAT guy, as a police officer. I mean, 100%. Um, I think from a leadership's perspective, when something doesn't go right and it's and it's something you did or some part, a call you made in the plan or your action as a leader to own that right out the gate yeah. and say, hey, this is on me. I dropped the ball here. I did this wrong. Um, I can give you the re- what my thought process was and what I was doing, and it may have been this, X, Y, Z, but I'm telling you up front, I was wrong. So when the younger guys, this younger crew, sees that there's 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 no magical line to where your reasoning makes it okay, like you got enough time on the team, mm-hmm. you know, I, well I can do it because of this reason, but yeah. you can't. Yeah. When everybody has that mentality of, hey, I messed up, mm-hmm. and as a senior guy, a leader on the team, I dropped the ball here. Yeah. I was wrong in whatever it was here, whatever it is. So do you run still ops? Do you get in the stack and stuff now as a sergeant or not? Yes. Yeah. So if it's my operation, uh-huh. a lot of times I'm I'm not up front. Uh-huh. I'm at, I'm at the back. I'm trying yeah. to. You got a quarterback in, in yeah, per se. and I guess you know I can't. And I take a lot of this, and I learned this a lot of ways when they created this fugitive unit because it was the way it was created and started. It was 
basically me and one other guy. Yeah. So it was, hey, I've got to see quote unquote that ten thousand foot view, but I'm at the ten I'm at the ten foot view at the same time because I'm knee deep in the middle of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, I heart, I reiterate this many times to some higher ups, like, look, this has potential to go to bite us in the rear because we don't have the personnel here, and I can't be here mm-hmm. seeing all this. Yeah. So that's what I try to, as much as I want to be like with, you know, he's in one of the first few going through a door as much as I want to be yeah. one of those guys. And I, you know, that's, that's a big, that's been a big trouble for me because there was no break from when mm-hmm. me promoting, um, from when I was on the team as, a, as an officer level to promoting, there was no disconnect. I've been, yeah. been a part of it. So me trying to separate myself and take on that more, I guess that, I don't know if leader, the supervisor kind of role yeah. on operations. Uh, that's 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 probably been one of the biggest challenges for me, and recognizing that's not my place anymore. Yeah, that's not my lane. Yeah, I have to see the bigger, some bigger things going on. So if something doesn't go the way we want it to right out the gate, to be able to adjust and adapt and yeah. help the team. And that's a hard thing. Like so, the way our team structure is, we don't we don't have a sergeant rank. So guys on our team that are lieutenants, they've all been operators and all the guys that are lieutenants, they were all officers with me on the team as well. So we have that friendship. They don't run the stack with us. Sometimes they'll do some supplementary things. So me being a team leader, it's me and the other guys that are other team leaders that are in charge. So we have to step, take a step back, but man, I want to be, I want to be the number one guy. I want to do this, I want, but I have to step back. But then you throw a lieutenant in there or like you, a sergeant, and then you have a team leader and you see someone with gold mess up. It is one of those deals where, man, I hope they own up to that one because it's a tough spot as a silver badge to call out a gold badge. And, and there, there's, there's still that hierarchy and you're like, okay, so it is good to have the Hazel's guys. And I know your personality, you're going to call yourself out first. And, and our guys on our team are, are the same way because they were all once a gold badge, but that there's some, there's some hard things. And I know other guys are listening to this podcast are going, yeah, we have the same, problem and stuff so that's that's a hard one to balance and then you being a gold badge there's really more pressure to go shit dude i can't mess up because everybody's but, looking at me but here's the know? thing we all mess up right no matter what right. level yeah, of right. leadership you're at like and even the dudes like sure. the non-leaders everybody messes up it's like we talked about already you know kind of admitting yeah that you're wrong but another part of of what i think is important of admitting that you're wrong is just not stopping there. Like I can tell when like him and I are making a plan or whatever it is. And there's one that's coming to mind um, where we talked on the phone, not before the operation for like an hour about this one part of this plan. And, and I finally just said, fuck man, let's just, let's just do it and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And we did it and a fucking epic fail, <laughs> right? <laughs> epic fail. And um, that was kicking off the operation. Epic fell right off the bat. And it just threw everybody out of their fucking OODA loop. And, mm-hmm. It all worked out, right? Yeah. Um, but it just kind of is what it is. It bothered him, and it yeah. bothered me. It should. Right? And yeah. I think that's another thing. I think guys, like, it should bother guys up to a point to where, God damn it, why did I do that? And just kind of, you know, 10, 15 minutes, it should bother you. Talk about it, and then. Mine's kinda, about two days it bothers about me. two days. <laughs> For me. Okay. It, mine's a little bit longer as well. I just was, you yeah. Know, okay. Mine's about two days. It messes. It, me, and me. it does. And it should bother you because that yeah. means that you care. Right. If you just come to me and go, yeah, fucking Carl, I fucked up, man. Sorry, bro. Won't happen again. Then I walk off. I'm completely cool with it. And that means that dude doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And he's just saying that to fucking blow smoke up your ass to make you think that he actually cares. I I totally agree with that. So I won't try to get into the details of the operation, but we had a 
as a sergeant, as a team leader, put together an operation for a, we were going to arrest a, and do a rest and search warrant on a guy who had done some armed robberies. And in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, it's a two story structure. We could dominate this thing pretty quick. So we're going to hit the door. We're going to blow in, get a foothold where we can, maybe fight from the first floor if we had to. Uh, that's what was going through my mind. I actually had an assistant team leader look at me and go, Hey, I don't like that idea. And here's the reasons why. So guess what I did? I, I conceded. I was like, all right, let's go your route. Yeah. I like it. Maybe I'm not looking at it the right way. Well, we breached the front door. We do a breach and fade back to the truck, a breach and hold back to the truck, send technology in the guys on the second floor shoots at our technology and if we would have sent bodies, he would have had time. Mm-hmm. He would have had time to shoot at us. So luckily, I got talked out of the plan because I was thinking, man, let's just go hit this structure and dominate it fast. Uh, luckily, so, because of the timing, we would we would have been the ones receiving rounds instead of the robot at this time. I kind of want everybody's input on this. When it comes to <clears throat> making a plan for an operation of that, right? how many people and what level are making that plan? So that's typically at a sergeant level. Um which because our sergeants are all team leaders and then possibly going to have at least a, an assistant team leader or an operator that's going to help build are your atl's uh, officers uh, officers and corporal level corporal's not okay. a rank anymore and with our agency but yes so what do y'all do say you have the sergeants now and they retire and no one on your team takes the sergeant's test to promote i mean like, we, we run with fewer and fewer sergeants until somebody promotes to sergeant, sergeant. okay what about you guys what was the question? <laughs> Planning. Oh, um, God, shit! Write write shit down for him because I was gazing in Carl. I was gazing at Carl's hat. Come on, man. Was it the mustache or the hat? It was the hat. Okay. I wish I could, you know, right. gaze at both. But I okay. okay. Planning. Uh, so planning. Uh, it's a it's a team or it's a team leader. Uh, usually two team leaders. One kind of has priority. Another one uh, will help out or the ATL uh, with that team, and then put together the plan and then present it to the lieutenants. And if they want to change something, they can. Uh, or if they want to say, hey, why didn't you do this? You know, kind of talk through that. And then it's a go. Now, if it's something bigger than that, then they'll take it up to the next chain. Or if it's a, a planned event, then we'll we'll all kind of do it. So it just kind of depends on operation. So for us, we'll send two or three operators to go do all the scouting. They'll do the planning. Mm-hmm. And then what they will do is they'll present that plan to a sergeant level. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to him to go, eh, yes, no, maybe – Cool, and then pass it on to the tactical commander, who's the final say. But he'll go off for pretty much whatever we decide because yeah. of the level that's been through. So when it comes up to the planning, like you're talking about the uh, team leader or ATL coming to you, going, "Man, I'm not, uh, I'm not too keen on this on, on this plan." Is there a whole lot of custom discussing going on during during the planning, or is it like? Are you guys bouncing ideas off each other? or is We're it- typically bouncing ideas because, obviously, not everybody's going to think exactly, exactly the same way. Right? Even SWAT yeah. guys, yeah. yeah. if you had 21 guys in this room, you're going to find about five different ways to do things, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to go, oh, I like this one, I like that one. We don't ever go to that level because you'll never get a decision no. made. Mm-hmm. But a couple of different viewpoints, and in this particular case, this assistant team leader looks at things a little bit different than I do with a lot of times, and – it was good to have that good mix. So would you be the yeah. final say if we just could not figure out a fucking equal? Uh, yes. So if the team leaders weren't able to come up with a with an exact, hey, this is what we're going to do, and they're like, hey, you be the tiebreaker on this deal, I'm going to let them step away and not be a tiebreaker. I'm just going to make the final say in what, hey, that, but that doesn't normally come up. My guys make very solid decisions, and I don't have to go over their head and go, hey, that's dumb. Let's go certain another route. 
Jared. Yeah. So, uh, one thing that I try to try to do, I'm not, I don't do it all the time. I openly admit that. <laughs> I like, there's times where I've had to catch myself. Like, I start yeah. to talk and I'll stop and be like, hang on a sec. You know, I have to basically hit the pause button on myself. Is if I send some guys, and a lot of times, depending on, it really depends for me on, what the location, what the operation is, and what's the location as to how much, if I go on a scout, uh, how much I get in the middle of the plan. Um, doesn't mean I take any plan, any situation lighter than another, but once I get an address and I understand what the objective is, you know, I'll do my own. I'll look at aerial footage, you know, I'll look at street street view, and I get an idea of the lay of land. Mm-hmm. So before I put eyes on location, off of that, I kind of have an idea of what I'm thinking. Um, but like Derek said, we'll send uh, typically uh, a couple team leaders, maybe a couple other guys to give them a little bit of experience um, and kind of get an understanding of the conversations that go on. Yeah. Um, so as they move up, they've kind of been around some of that before. They kind of find themselves put in a position they have to go prepare an operation and they've never been involved in it before. Right. Uh, but there's been multiple times where they come and they put a plan together and I'm looking at it and they're running down to me and – I'm thinking of doing something different, but before I try to, before I even inject what I'm thinking, I try to ask them, okay, why are you wanting to do this? What's the idea behind this? Yeah. And if, even though it's different, I try, I try very hard to basically be in my mind. I don't vocalize it to them, but Hey, if I can't find a hole in what they're trying to do, similar to what you're saying, in regards to you had somebody step up and be like, you know what? I think because of these reasons, you know what? I don't have an issue with it. I can't find a hole. I'm good with it. You know, and we run with it, even though it's not how I'd run the operation per se. It doesn't make my way better. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make their way wrong. It's just, there's some different thought processes. And if I can't, if it looks like a good plan and they're covering what needs to be covered, I mean, we're, I mean, I'm not just throwing caution in the wind, just throwing, throwing shit against the wall and hope it sticks kind of thing mentality. It's just, yeah. Hey, this is solid. I'm good with it. Yeah. You know, um, let's run with it. And, you know, now if I see something like, okay, they're not giving me a, a good uh, explanation as to why they're wanting to do something. Um, and I, I just, I see holes and I think it's, it, it, there's a hole, there's a potential for some failure. Then I'm going to inject maybe some uh, different yeah. ideas into the situation. Well, I think as a team leader presenting that to your supervisor, you want your supervisor to, look at it and go, Hey, what kind of holes can I poke in it? Like, I don't want them to go, Oh yeah, it's yeah. That, that it just mindless say check mark. I want them to put thought into it too. And go, Hey, would you thought about that? Yeah. I thought about this, this is the reason why, or well, if you thought about that, Oh shit, you know what? I just, Oh yeah. Not one person is going to think of every, no, everything, every contingency, everything that we need to think of when we're planning, not one person is going to be able to do that. Mm-mm. No friggin'. Way. Nope. Because they're going to get zoned in on certain aspects of the operation that they're more comfortable with, or whatever yep. it is. So, yeah, I like the banter back and forth when we're when we're making the plan and stuff. Carl, to to be a team leader on your team is just if you're on the team and you get promoted to sergeant, you come back as a team leader on the team. So we we recently had that happen with us where we had uh, three sergeants and we had a fourth sergeant promote, and he's three years on the team hasn't been a cop for a lot of years yet. Yeah. So we let, we left him on the team and kind of as an assistant team leader role over training, but operationally 
if in the absence of all the other sergeants, obviously he's going to be the one that's going to step up. Mm-hmm. But he's he's in training for that team leader role, and that's how we work it. So four is about what we roll with, and you know we we could add a fifth probably. But so like you would never bring over a sergeant to SWAT that has no operational uh, background as an operator. I'm not going to say never, never because I know some agencies are able to pull that off. Yeah. And they pull well, it up. No, and they pull I mean, it I'm asking very, like what you well, guys you, you, you did say never, but I'm just. Anyway. <laughs> when you get angry at me, one, do you was get closer I, to Was I really angry? And you get closer uh, to the uh, microphone like you're going to do uh, something yeah, to me. Yeah. And his mustache anyway. moved too. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So <laughs> the chances of that happening are very slim. Mm-hmm. I know some agencies have success with that. That's not something that we've done, and we've not crossed that bridge. I think there, you, you could have some successes with it, but the issue is going to be, is that sergeant humble enough to be led from below? Yeah, that, that was so that was a question I was thinking. So if you don't want to answer it, because it could be personal. Um, <laughs> so you got a guy. It's only business, Carl. It's yeah, just business. That, that's true. So you got a guy who's, say, six years on the team, and he promotes a sergeant. But you got other guys on the team that got 15, 16 years, and they're good ass operators. So that guy is over them. That 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 could be a an interesting, I guess. So it creates it would create some administrative issues on our team specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a fifteen year operator is telling a sergeant what to do, yeah, who's in charge of the scene? Ultimately, yeah. when they want to know, when the administrators want to know who's in charge. It's going to be the sergeant right. that's in charge. So we have to put the sergeant right. in charge of the operation in our agency. Yeah. Well, that's the tricky, sergeant though. can still be in charge and be the final say, but cannot the 15-year operator kind of help him a little bit along? Oh, he path? better. They, they better because I mean, that, and yeah. the, the sergeant yeah. has to be humble enough to that's, accept Yeah, that. that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, that, okay. That, I'm, that would, I'm sorry. That, I, I, I fell asleep for a minute. No, because and, – and I'm – pretty dumb too because i'll probably answer the, ask the question pretty stupidly or something but that, that i could see that being an issue of hey like i've forgotten more than what you actually know right just because i've done this i don't want to promote I, that's me i've never wanted i mean i don't want to do that um but i could see that you, you'd have to have a good sergeant to go yep yeah, let me step back here the help, 15 help me. the 15 year old guy has to be humble enough to lead from his spot yeah and and the dance that you have to have is the sergeant humble enough to yeah. be led from their spot. Yeah. So there's yeah. the thing: if that sergeant came from the team, and he is a SWAT guy through and through, then he should realize, yeah, that's how he needs to lead. Right. So right. Think- and that that is we don't run into that problem because, like I said, we've just had that occur. That's awesome. And that sergeant knows his place. Issue. Like you got guys on your team that I know that are been yeah, on so, the team longer than you. So you you hundred percent. Yeah, you have that. So. I guess I take. I think humility is a huge mm-hmm. at both sides on both sides of that fence. Yeah, I think there's got to be humility on both sides. Yeah. Um, again, I don't think I've got it. I don't. I, I don't think I know. I don't have it all figured out. But and Derek, you can feel free to chime in and say you're full of shit. By all means, <laughs> and call me the carpet. All right, you so, guys heard it. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> I, I think I'd. I, I'd like to think. Um, I regularly, obviously time permitting, yeah. um, communicate with the guys that have just as much mm-hmm. and more experience than I do in yeah. time on the team um, about operations, about yeah. plans, and kicking ideas back and forth. And here, and obviously I, 
I try to hear what they have to say and what their thought process is. And if there's a differing of opinion, obviously it's ultimately, like you said, like Carl said, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's my scene, then for lack of a better way, if I'm the one that's basically getting tasked to be in charge, I'm the one that's going to have to answer to some things. So, you know, it may come down to me having to make a call. Yeah. But I think we do, I think there's a pretty good job, um, at least when I'm involved or I'm there um, to have those conversations, um, whether it's face-to-face. Um, I don't do it over the radio, but if I pick up the phone because they're on a different corner or different side, yeah. hey, this is what this is what I'm thinking up here. What are you seeing back there versus, you know, what's your thoughts of this? Yeah. This is what I'm thinking about going with this. What do you, what do you got? And I, and I think like knowing your team the way I do and, and the guys that are senior to you that aren't uh, gold badges, I know that when person A is doing something, you're like, I got all the faith in the world with him. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to macro man. I'm not trying to show him, Hey, I got gold and you don't. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. It's kind of like what, so Derek and I, with this podcast, we're not on the same team and he's on a different you know, department, but this is our little team that we have here, but he has great things that he's bring he brings to this podcast. And I have different qualities that I bring to this podcast. Now, whether it's shitty or not, that's for y'all to decide, but I don't sit here and go, okay, I'm going to try to do this and this. And he tries to do this. It's like, Hey, I know what he's good at. He knows what I'm good at. And we work our weaknesses together, work our strengths together. And I think that's what makes a good damn team is, is just shit like that is knowing, Hey, I know I can trust that guy or, Hey, that guy's senior, but he also knows that, man, he's not as good at say breaching as the other team leader. So, Hey, you take all that you want. I know about it, but you're way better than this. So I'm going to help you out, but I don't have to be the guy on every single damn thing on my team to go. Yeah. Look at me. Brandon knows how to do this. He knows how to do that. It's like, man, you're really good at that shine with that. I want to, I want to encourage you. I want to bring you the equipment. I want to help you whatever you need. I want to support you. A different part of that humility side. You, you may, you may be able to have those conversations inside and, and talk to other sergeants and, and get that feedback. But one of the things that I'm, that I've gained out of the TTPOA relationship here is I've called Jared on multiple occasions and said, Hey Jared, I had this. What do you think? Having the ability to pick up the phone, I've called other commanders in my area very regularly mm-hmm. and say, hey, I've got this issue with training or I've got this issue with an op that we had. Let me give you the full disclosure and you tell me what are your thoughts. Yeah. So having the humility enough, if you're in that position as a new sergeant, the thing that I would say to the audience out there is if you're in that position of a new sergeant and maybe and this happens a lot of times on the team leader classes that I get to teach is maybe you're in a position where you're the new guy and there's a lot of old heads there and you're trying to get changes made within your team, find somebody outside to become a mentor. Jared's mentored me. Derek's mentored me. Brandon's mentored me. I've talked to all three of you guys about problems that I've had and that humility enough, not saying I'm the most humble person in the world because that's probably not the case. (laughs) I don't mind picking up the phone and going, Hey, what do you think? And and I've answered the phone when Jared's called me as well. So that's that's one of those things. It's it's important to be in a position where. No, for sure. So I got a question for both of you guys, <clears throat> and I'll let you go first from from the lieutenant level. All right, what are some like what's the biggest struggle that you have as a as a leader on your level, and then we'll we'll bounce it to you once uh, Carl gets done. So it's nothing to do with the tactical side per se it's, I mean, it does have a lot to do with the SWAT side. 
it's communication, being the person at the sergeant or lieutenant level that has to be able to communicate clearly both ways with the people in rank below you and the people in rank above you and being able to make sure that everybody on your team knows what the leader's intent is, but then also to be able to communicate that up if if it's needed. So the communication, I would say, is the biggest struggle that I've had um, and I think that probably rings true with just about anybody. That's but, everywhere. Communication. Right. So that's about all I got is the the, the regular communication piece. Well, wow. did, did you read that? In the uh, book, it was right Carl? here. It was right here in my notes. That? It was on. It was on a. It was in a book once. In all capitals with it's exclamation in, points. Oh gosh, yes. Just <laughs> look at my notes, <laughs> Jared. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you, you threw that out there before we got started here. You know, just kind of a precursor as to some of the you know questions and. Obviously, trying to stay on point with the conversations we've been having, but that's been kind of the hamster's been spinning that wheel, you know, on that one. And it keep going back to how. So I struggle with how hard do I, I know what my mentality is and how hard I want to push. Mm-hmm. But I, like when we first started this, where we are now as a as a as the big team, um, I was probably. F- more aggressive with the team, with the guys, um, than where I'm at now. Kind of just with ref- reflecting back, sometimes I wonder maybe I was a little out the gate trying to keep because uh, I was you and I were so used to the full time, yeah, full time team, full time mentality. Uh, plus, when you and I got on first, you know, first half of our time or first half of my time as an officer, we were really busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed. We ran a lot of operations every year, um, and that's the mentality I was in when I promoted. Yeah. So, and thinking, and it's probably, I think it was foolish to think that the team now should all have that same mentality. Do I want everybody to have that mentality? Yeah, of course yeah. I do. But when it's a secondary detail, and especially when we're not having operations, when we have operations, there's a different. Uh, different mentality from everybody on the big team because it's not just training. There's operations that get that are in there in between training. Um, so it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to go attack training today. I'm going to go SWAT training this week. Um, there's actual operations in yeah. between those. So it keeps people more dialed in, more focused. Yep. So the biggest challenge that I, that I'm, that I see, or at least that I feel like I'm, that I can think of is keeping guys, focused and locked in when it's at training. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like when it's operations, guys are focused and they're locked in. But to recognize that these training evolutions, these reps in training are going to make the operations even that much easier Yeah, um, if you're willing to take them serious. I don't know if that makes sense or yeah. not. But no, I think it's too, like, knowing your guys because I'm a lot like you. Like, I have a certain standard. When I came on our team, this is just what was expected. There was no if. That's the culture. And – just throughout the years of just getting older and stuff, I, I still want that and believe that and, and, and do it. But I also know that, man, different, different, different times and not trashing on any young guys. It's not about that. It's just different mentalities. And then also just me knowing that everybody doesn't think like me, like n- not everybody on the team, a lot of guys are, but not everybody has the, I think about this shit when I'm at my house. I think about it when I'm on vacation. I run scenarios all the time through my house or when I go somewhere else. That's just part of my life. Not that it, that I hate it. I love it. And so I have to realize that, but also have to got, want guys to 
to do that and try to teach that to them. But I'm like you, man, at practice, because I can I can joke and then all of a sudden turn it on to go do stuff. There's other guys on our team that can do that, and I have to realize, hey, they can joke and then turn it on. And there's other guys that can't joke because they can't turn it on. So they got to stay in this certain mindset, uh, and that that's hard to do. I mean, that that's been my struggle is not being so ten- intense all the time <laughs> because. I'm like, hey, we'll we'll go twelve hour days. I don't care. Like, okay, I've got enough time in this department where I probably, um, if I worked extra four hours and didn't put in for it, I would probably be okay. It's not like I'm gonna starve or, you know, that kind of deal. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Let's go do something. I don't care. And but that's just me, and I have to realize that's not everybody's mentality. And not that everybody's mentality is bad. It's just, hey, some guys have different passions, and you know, so that's that's hard. So. There you go. Let's end the show now. No, yeah, I, was, no I, was, I was thinking, Carl, what is um, the most difficult decision that you had to make on any level of leadership that, uh, that, that you've been in and all your little agencies that you've been a part of? And even as a chief. Well, though, he says little agencies. Well, like to, Oklahoma, Arkansas, yeah, yeah, and now it's, to it's, a it's fine. Your communication mid. sucks too, but that's fine. Yeah. Let me write that down. Yeah. Let me see. How do you spell <laughs> fuck, Carl? <laughs> little agencies. Dirty they were Carl. they were little agencies. So um, you know, obviously just like everybody else in the room, we we have to make decisions sometimes with hostage rescue, barricaded persons. There's there's all those that are difficult, but the most difficult leadership dis- decisions I've ever had to make were based on personnel issues. Those are difficult, specifically on the SWAT side, mm-hmm. specifically when you have somebody that's really good at what they do and maybe they're just having a bad time in their life mm-hmm. because they're really good operators, but maybe they're going through something that yeah. it's been a year and you would hope that they could snap out of it. Mm-hmm. But having to tell them, look, if you don't snap out of this, guess what's going to have to happen? Yeah, You're going to have to go. And I don't want to do that. I get that. So that's that's probably the most difficult thing, and, and I think it is with just about anybody is personnel. When, when you get to the level, sergeant or lieutenant, the one team leader, team commander level, when you start having to have decisions that deal with somebody's livelihood, it's it's hard. It's, it's yeah. very difficult. It goes back to because you know that guy, right? Because where you're at, you came, you rose through the ranks, so you probably were on the team with that guy at some point on a different level. Right. Mm-hmm. Some of my best friends are team team members that yeah. work with me, work uh, technically work for me. But, right. I mean, we don't look at it like that, but that's technically how it is. And if I had to walk in one day and point out, you know, somebody that, that is a good friend of mine, but, hey, bud, you're just not cutting it. Something's going on with you. We've tried to get you through this. You're going to have to stop this task or stop this action, and you're going to have to quit acting like this or – the next step is you got to go. Yeah. So team first, right? Absolutely. Team first mentality. Absolutely. Yeah. Jared. Copy paste that. <laughs> oh, that was sweet. I mean, it's really a hundred percent what Carl said, at least to this point. I mean, like you, everybody just said, I mean, uh, we've already, it's already been mentioned multiple times, obviously about, you know, my time, every, the upper, at least half the guys on our team. Now I work, worked with, as an officer. So there's at that level, there's, there's relationships, there's friendships, that camaraderie completely hundred percent built in. And then when you move up a level, move up a rank, however you want to phrase it, um, you know, there's some conversations that have to be had at times that just, you know, it's not ones you really 
I don't know. It's not ones you necessarily want to have, yeah. but for the betterment, maybe for that individual, for the team, um, looking forward, you know, not just the here and now. Hey, if we continue down the path we're on, it's not good for the team. Yeah. You're not helping the. I don't. I mean, perceptions. A, I hate to throw that word out there, but you know, it's played that perceptions played a huge role mm-hmm. for our team mm-hmm. and within our organization. Yeah. Um, and you know, we don't anything negative. You know, we've got to kind of shut that down, yeah. and you know, we got to figure out what the what's causing that problem. And again, that but that friendship, that relationship has also made it to where it's actually kind of pretty easy mm-hmm. to have that conversation um, and have, you know, kind of that, I don't want to say heart to heart, but, you know, really that man to man, like, look, Hey, this is what's going on that we can't continue down this path. Yeah. I think a lot of times those conversations are really productive when it's maybe outside of the workplace, it's at a barbecue, it's at a birthday party that you're at. And now it's just, Hey, it's just, it's just me and him. There's no, I'm your team leader. I'm this, I'm that. It's just, Hey, let's talk about what we, you know, that I think that's a good thing. So you busted somebody's balls at a birthday party. No, 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 no. What? I think, I'm sorry. I I fell asleep again. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I grabbed someone's balls. (laughs) I think what he's trying to say is it kind of takes the work aspect of it. It kind of puts you guys on the same level and, you know, you're just kind of drinking, smoking, joking, having a good time. You know, I think that may, uh, calm some people down yeah. a little bit or not get them yeah. so so asked up over and over it, it makes total sense yes. i'm sorry that was yeah. my attempt very uh, well i think poor too, attempt at dry humor you're a lieutenant you can't yeah, do that i don't yeah. have humor so so hey i'm gonna ask you this but since but i think the, but finish that i think also too not just always an issue but maybe clearing up some of that stuff like hey man we we good i just want to make sure or like maybe explaining something because now you're at a, a – it's it's not in the heat of the moment and stuff like that as well. So. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense because you have to have those relationships. But you're lieutenant. No one invites you anything. You know? I don't so, get to go. You, That's you a five-minute – if I do get invited, yeah. it's five minutes of, yeah, oh, hey, so. guys, I'm here. got to go. Yeah, no hey, should we, should we invite the lieutenant to our party? No. Uh, no. 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 All right. No. Hey, so, Carl, since – you're the, you know, the oldest person in the room <laughs> by far, <laughs> by and far. you've been a, a leader – uh, a lot longer, a chief, chief. Ooh. Uh, since what you said, the early eighties, early seventies. What was that? It yeah. was the early nineties. Oh, sorry, early nineties. Early nineties. Am I good with numbers? Um, Eighty nine is the early nineties. So, <laughs> so from <laughs> true from early nineties to when you were like the chief to two thousand twenty one, have you modified or changed the way that you lead? Um, with everything going on around, you know, the country and things that you're seeing and just by getting older and, and, and smarter. And if you're not modifying every day, if you're not trying to figure out a way to get to do it differently, then, then you're just stagnant and you're sitting still and you're not going to get better. So to give you the, the canned version of that. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have to constantly be changing where you're at. And yes, the, the short answer is yes. Do you see a lot of people doing that though? Well, I don't know because I don't know that I've been around guys that I've been around, you know, like 15, 20 years. I've been around guys 10 or 11 years. And, yes, I've even seen my bosses, everybody ages and has a progression they go through. Like 10 years ago, they might have looked at that a totally different way and had a totally different response. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely does. Absolutely does. I was just wondering, man, if they get so mad at me. Oh. 
Dude, that's a chief you're talking to. Um, watch your tone, boy. <laughs> oh, this is why you don't get invited to parties. I'm so sad. I even this is why you don't get invited to parties. Yeah, well, you guys asked. I told you that's what I get for being truthful. So yeah, don't ever be yeah, truthful. Don't, don't ever lie. be truthful. Just lie about everything. All, All right. right. So hey, Carl, you actually teach, right? You teach leadership. Yes. Yeah, so I, I um, one of the instructors for the tactical team leader class that is put on by the TTPOA. Uh, that is something that's been going on now for the last few years. It was something that we used to do very regularly back in the day, years back. Uh, and then I think it kind of fell to the wayside and we picked it up last few years. And it's really, probably when you really were the driving it. Right. Yeah. It probably failed miserably when you were the Yeah. Director. That's probably what. Yeah, you know why? Because no one trusts leaders, Carl. <laughs> true. True. That's true. <laughs> Especially you yeah. with your beady eyes. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> what does that course uh, uh, entail? So there are, uh, it's basically a three-day class. We go all over the state teaching. I have one coming up in Houston this next month, San Antonio the following, uh, Tyler, El Paso. So it's three days of leadership discussions. And to tell you the truth, what it looks like, we're going to talk a little bit about hostage rescue. We're going to talk a little bit about barricaded persons. But the biggest takeaway that everybody in the room is going to get is you sit around the room with 20 people, most of them not from your agency, one, you're gonna you're gonna pick up um, contacts from other agencies, so you're gonna network, and two, you're gonna get decisions or you're gonna get problems thrown at you and scenarios constantly throughout the three days that your group has to talk about and come to a resolution. So there's a of tons table, of a lot of tabletop, a lot, a lot of tabletop, and mm-hmm. there I mean there is some going out and and figuring out how to run an operation from the beginning to end. So we've had guys in there from operator level to commander level to some firefighter folks that have come to the class that who's triggers. Yeah. (laughs) So that was my next question. What's, what's the prereq for this course? There there is no prereq. If it was a patrol supervisor, you got money. You can, right, right. If you have money, you can go. (laughs) Uh, no. So, um, the, the honest answer on that is anybody can go through it. It could even be a patrol supervisor or somebody that's looking to promote, because the knowledge you'll gain over the three days over the SWAT operation side is one thing, but the leadership aspects, and it's not what I'm teaching. It's what everybody teaches in the room because all the students become teachers at some point where they're, I'm constantly learning from them. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had guys reach out to me uh, from teaching the class. I've had our guys that have gone to the class that have brought back some of the things that they heard other teams do and they reached out to them and they presented to us and some of those changes we've taken, some of them were like, eh, um, but I think it's a great like networking. I think that's one of the best things about it is networking and, uh, and understanding how other teams work because you get in your little small pond and if you oh, don't yeah. get out, you don't understand that there's other ponds out there that, you know, right. Any final words, Jared? No, I just really uh, want to say thanks again for inviting me to come on. Um, I mean, it's a great time, obviously, but it's a great honor for me to be uh, to be asked to come and just uh, kind of communicate some things from my perspective and what yeah. I've seen and observed, and yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, there's a small piece of information somewhere along the way that may be of value to somebody out there. Yeah, I know there will be. You you always add value. All right, Lieutenant. I know you're going to have some final words, sir. I think you got to make this. That was my last. Yeah, I think you need to make this podcast part of your class now. Preferred listening. Preferred listening. Yeah. So yeah, ever how long this podcast goes, just make sure that everybody listens to it. Yeah, they have to listen to it before they come to class. Or that could just be one of the uh, uh, sections that you do. Breakout session. Mm -hmm. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, there you uh, go. Saves you time. That's my final word, sir. Right there. I like it. Worst lieutenant cop out I've ever heard. (laughs)
What do you got? You got to give uh, me something good. So I, I strongly suggest, and not just because I get to be one of them that teaches, I strongly suggest to get into those team leader classes if it's something the TTPOA teaches or NTOA teaches. Um, one thing, just just catch one of those classes. And if you can't, if budget's restricted or whatever, reach out to one of us because a lot of times we can comp some spots to folks given the right circumstances. We can comp some spots to have them come into the TTPOA classes if, if the right circumstances exist. Oh, now you just opened that can of worms. Huh? Yeah. Contact, well, <laughs> contact well, Lieutenant Carl. Carl. Dar- yeah, let's not put Dirty Carl at uh, yeah. gmail.org.net. <laughs> but on, I'm. Speaking specifically to the team leader class, if it's something that you need to get into and your agency will not send it, my opinion is it's better that you get the information as opposed to saying, well, my boss wouldn't send me. So reach out. My information's out there. So you can find me. DirtyCarl.com. DirtyCarl.com. Yeah. Don't look that up. <laughs> no, do not look that up. Let's look it up right now yeah. and see what we I, No, let's not <laughs> do that. No. I just want to say thank you both uh, for for uh, coming in and agreeing to do this. I know you and I talked about this um, a while ago at the conference. We were trying to figure out we, we got to do something with team leaders and, and uh, a team leader um, um, episode. So uh, thanks for, uh, for coming in. Had a drag him and kind of forcefully get him to uh to uh, come out here just keep bugging 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 but uh seriously thank you guys for coming out and uh i think we did pass on some knowledge and if you guys need uh good team leader training uh look it up at ttpoa.org no look. <laughs> oh jeez. i found at walmart this is not bad there's dirty carl socks you can get oh, dirty carl oh socks my. Yeah. oh boy all right, so back oh, to uh, thank TTPOA. You, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you for calendar. the honor of being here and whatever he's so looking you comp, at currently. So if you comp one of his spots, bring him some socks. Okay? Oh, my gosh. How Let's quit that? talking about the comping thing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring me some socks. I do need yeah. socks. I will take socks. And Let's see what the Urban payment, Dictionary so. says about that. Let's not do that. <laughs> You're so wrong. <laughs> All right, guys. So anything else? Are we good? <laughs> Absolutely good. Thank you again for yeah, the Yeah, man. Thank you guys in. for coming out. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you.